Choi. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to The Choice. I am Rick, the author of Everything is a Choice. And uh, today, we're going to try and what we're going to do with this show and the whole idea that I'm taking this direction is, is we're going to take everyday conversations or a situation or a, something people are working through or whatever it may be, and we're going to break it down to its simplest form of what is the choice. Uh, the whole premise of this is that the idea of all choices are simple. We complicate it with all of our emotions, our past baggage, our perceptions, the stuff that we've been through, our opinions. We make something simple very complicated. When it comes down to it, are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? Uh, did you say yes or did you say no? Um, you know, are you going to have peas or carrots? Like when you get down to it, it ends up becoming a very simple thing, but all of the emotions we have wrapped up complicate it. So let's take complicated conversations and see if we can break them down simply to what is the choice. So today's article I'm reading is going to be on a website. It's called... Uh, Live Your Life on Purpose. <clears throat> this article is called How and Why Women Test Men and Why They Fail. Such interesting wording because just before you, before we even get into it, to denote a pass or fail is by definition judgment. Too big, too small, too much, too little, just right. It's the whole Goldilocks aspect of you failing on something like this is just an opinion. And so it's them passing on a judgment. And let's get into how this is worded and see if this would apply as a judgment you agree with or a judgment you can say, mm, that's not necessarily the way that I would see it. And I'd like to hear more. Let's start off with, in essence, a woman will test a man to find out if they have the traits that she values most in a partner. Very often, she's interested in evaluating how much he's paying attention to her and her needs, if he's selfless, attentive, and invested. Before I go in, I already do have a problem with the word selfless in this, but I will digress for a little bit. Women test for a partner's ability to notice they need him without having to ask. And that's where the she wants me to read her mind complaints usually come from. Please notice, I'm not talking about a female plea for men to step up and pick up their share of emotional labor involving the in maintaining household and family as a couple, doing the dishes unprompted and taking up some of the Child care is not reading your female partner's mind. It's simply being an adult who actively contributes to running a healthy life as a couple. I think it's the condescending undertone that makes that one a little bit more rough than it needed to be. Now, I'm not going to defend. There are some guys that just maybe don't pitch in. Maybe that's who she's used to being around. I'm not really sure. I'm talking about those moments when she's mad at you and you don't know why. She won't tell you. Because you're supposed to know. But if she did, it would be something like, I said I was cold and you didn't offer me your jacket. Or, you saw me stretching to reach the can on the top shelf and you did nothing to help me. Or even, I stormed off in the middle of the discussion and you didn't chase after me. 
These and other female frustrations arise when women test their men and their men fail. All right, so there's a lot of the cliche things that we're going to say here. This type of dynamic, there's two types of relationships you'd have to get into. Andrea and I got into this in the last video we did, which is the difference between hypergamy and equality. Now, as a woman, you have to decide whether you want to be in a hypergamous relationship where someone takes care of you, the man's the provider, presider, all of the protector, like he's the guy who takes care of you. Or are you in an equal relationship where you both hold your share, I do my stuff, you do your stuff, and it's not going to be expected that you have to do things for me to be okay. That's not equality. That's going to be hypergamy. If you have someone who takes care of you or you expect someone to take care of you, you're not equal because that wouldn't be equal. That's you know just general fairness when it gets to principles. If you expect someone to do more than the other one with full impunity that that's what they should do you're not in equality you're in hypergamy and just there's nothing wrong with either they both work but what happens is you see stuff like this where they say i want to have all of these extra special features but call it equality well it's like both people in a car and the passenger keeps grabbing the wheel and just turning it to smash into everything around you that doesn't work. One person drives, one person navigates. That works. Hey, sometimes I get tired and we switch. I'll navigate, you drive, and then you get tired, we switch. You navigate, I drive. Great. That's equality. Those both work. But both people trying to drive at the same time when one person's not even driving, not equality, not hypergamy. That doesn't work. That's a, it's a mess. And that's what this is trying to do is saying, you should read my mind. But all of these things mean that that person has to do something the other person can't do effectively for themselves. This means they want to be taken care of. So I'd have to assume that this is designed to be a hypergamous relationship. And that's what she's talking about in this. Let me continue the article. Men are often confused by women's tests. They think, here's what we think. <clears throat> I was cold too. She knew it would be chilly at night. Why didn't she bring her own jacket? That would be equality. She can reach the top shelf if she just steps on the kitchen chair. It's not that hard. That would be equality. How am I supposed to guess I should go after her? I thought the best thing was going to be give her some space. If somebody leaves, it wouldn't mean give me less space. That would be equality. Why don't they see what's behind is confusing why they oh, sorry let me read that right what they don't see is what's behind this confusing female attitude so the way that i'm seeing this and i would love for you guys to put something in it seems like women are pushing the limits for hypergamy and making assumptions that guys should just magically know what you need when none of those things match up with what you're saying I want to be treated equally. I want to be treated with respect. I want to be an equal partner in all of these things. But I want you to treat me with special privileges and read my mind and do things for me and do all this stuff. Those are its two people trying to drive at the same time. It's not going to make any sense. The choice is, do you want hypergamy or do you want equality? It sounds like you want both. So the guy here is saying, I'm going to treat you as an equal. I respect you. I've got my coat. I knew it was going to be cold. 
I have to give you my coat now, so I have to be cold? Well, that means we're in hypergamy. That means we're not equal anymore. That would make sense. You just have to establish which one you want. (sighs) Let's look and see how it keeps going. Translated, it would look something like this. I might be cold, but I'm ultimately interested in seeing if you can sacrifice some of your comfort for my well-being. And how much are you invested in protecting me and keeping me safe? In other words, can you be selfless? Let's look at the word selfless real quick. I'm going to pull up the word selfless here. What does the word selfless mean? Concerned more with the needs and wishes of others than one's own self or unselfish. Uh, It also means, let's see. What's the other meaning it has here? Having no concern for self, being unselfish. The word selfless is a double-edged sword in this one. And here's what I mean is I think that we've all seen somebody who will just give somebody the world. Like they will just give everything. They'll give everything to somebody from top to bottom. They got in a relationship and they really like this girl and they just give everything. And this can go both ways. But in this, they're saying the male, female. So let's just go with guys on this one. If the guy is going to be selfless, these are the guys who get taken advantage of. And it goes against just the general biology of the way women are designed to want certain things because these would be guys who just give everything to somebody well women aren't attracted to that i'll give you the i'll give you what i mean by this and and the correction for this i think that it should have been instead of the word selfless should have just been generous that would have probably been a a smarter word to use but you got the like okay here's this here's a study they did they did a study with google google pulled up pulled up like the, I guess what the perversions or porn sites or whatever it would be, what are the most common searches that came up for men and women? And for guys, it was pretty damn basic. They didn't even need to do a study on this. It was very, very basic. But for girls, it was interesting. What girls look up as like their pornography is literary porn. This would be like novels or uh, I'll give you like the Twilights or the Fifty Shades of Grey. You know, those things are the things that women would look up. And they found that there was the five monster types that women were attracted to. And these were like the apex predators or whatever it would be. But the five like naughty monster types, the beauty and the beast, uh, were the billionaire, the surgeon, pirate, werewolf, and vampire. That's what women were like. That's what we like. That's what we're interested in. And it's something to do with having something that's dangerous, having something that is untamable or something that's powerful. And it chooses you. You're the one it chooses. And that's why in a lot of these movies you see in Twilight or Fifty Shades of Grey, the female character isn't necessarily anybody who's super special. She may be attractive, but not anything that like, wow, she's just killing the game. Like she's just a regular girl who's chosen by this apex monster. And there's something to the idea of having a man like that or a monster like this choose them 
and they calm the beast. They tame the monster. The monster chooses to keep them safe with his dangerous and monstrous demeanor. And that's the fantasy that goes along with this. The thing with that entire archetype and the reason for that is for someone to say, I just give you all of my things. I give you everything I have. All of my stuff, I just give away to you. I just give it. Well, there's nothing to chase. There's nothing to be chosen. There's nothing high value. Things start becoming mundane and, and discarded. And is that all? And it sounds like just he just gives me all his stuff. And guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my experience, the, the more that you just give, the less appreciation seems to be shown for it. And that's the double-edged sword. If you never have to work for anything and everything is just given to you, the appreciation goes down, which is the fundamental piece of what guys need and what makes guys want to give. So if you remove the part where I would say, if you take the word selfless and say, can you be generous? Can you, can you be like, can you sacrifice a little bit? I think that was what she said. Sacrifice some of your comfort for my well-being. That has to be said. Or like both of you get in the coat and get cl get close. Use some body heat. Find a solution that works for both of you. It's kind of like, it's like the end of Titanic when when they're on the um she's on that like door thing and he's hanging off the edge dying. And there's like a whole bunch of like memes that show like six different ways they both could have been on that door with no problem. Like they're just all these different positions they could be in and not tip. And uh, it's kind of like that. Like, why has he got to hang off the side when you guys can both be in it? Just get in the coat together. We've had those moments. Like, hey, you get in. I'll keep you warm. Uh, drag the kitchen chair over, pick it up myself. That's what she said. I can drag the kitchen chair and pick up what I want myself. But I need to know if you can, A, be observant enough to notice that I'm struggling. And B, be proactive enough to take action to help me. This is the question. Here's the choice. Do you choose equality or hypergamy? If you want someone to always be there to take care of the stuff for you, you have to be willing to say like, I'm not, it's not equal. We're not equal. And that's okay. It, it's been like that for thousands of years. Men and women have not been considered equal. This is a new game. But you can't do this anymore. You have to just grab a chair. If you want to handle your business, handle your business. He didn't say get a can. You're getting a can. But if it was the other way around and he looked at you like, why didn't you just get it? You saw I was having a hard time. Like, I'm working on this engine. Why didn't you get down here and fix it? Like, that doesn't really work the same way, you know? Here's the next one. I can stay and finish our argument, but I'm anxious for us to make up and move on. And I need to see if you're willing to put your ego aside and fight for me. I need to know how much you need me in your life. That's for reassurance. If you want this type of reassurance and you're going to run away with the idea that he has to chase after you, again, this is, this is not equality. This is taking kind of advantage of a nice guy and you're saying that you want to move on and not address what the problem was in the first place. It doesn't work. It says you got to pick one. You can't do both. You want to call the shots, but you also want to be the passenger. <sighs> I don't see how you can see both make sense. You're going to crash into a wall on this one. It says the mismatch between what women do, say, and want and how men react are the source 
of much misunderstanding and frustration, especially when, here's a good line, men don't pass the test. That gets into just judgments. Now, let's go ahead and turn this around. Let's do the same thing where if a guy was sitting there in his chair and he was hungry and then said, I was hungry in my mind, you didn't make me food or the food that I wanted, even though I didn't say anything, you failed. You're a failure as a girlfriend or as a wife because you didn't know I was hungry and just make me food. I don't think that that's a very healthy dynamic for anybody. You're supposed to just know. Like this mindset of I'm going to create a test that works against our relationship and amplifies our hypergamy to make it so that I'm going to qualify you on a pass or fail that I will not tell you the rules. I will not tell you what were what what the prerequisites are. I won't have any clues given to my expectations that I'm placing on you. Thus, my disappointment when it comes into play is a judgment against you. As guys, we don't even know we're in that game. Do you want to be treated equal? Because we're good. Do you want to be treated not equal and have a hypergamy? Then we're good. Like, we're good with either one. What do you want? But when you start choosing both, there's, it's very confusing because you want to drive or you want to shit shotgun. Which one do you want to do? Driver shotgun. You got to pick. You can't say both. <laughs> and that's what this article is. The worst part is that most women don't even realize what they're doing are tests. They still do it, still expect a response, and still get frustrated when their partners fail. But they often don't even know why they feel that way. It's fair. It's littered with judgments, expectations. They expect a response, and they still get frustrated when their partners fail. This is judging them on a pass or fail on something that they don't even realize or know that they're doing. This is an impossible game. On both sides. And, and the truth is on this one, women, you're going to, it's an impossible test that you would hate done to you. If guys did this and just said like, you're supposed to just know when I want sex and you didn't give it to me, which means you're a failure. That doesn't seem fair. You're supposed to just know when I'm hungry. I never have to tell you anything. I don't have to ask you if you want to get something to eat. You should just know what I want and make it immediately. That also doesn't equate to anything that makes sense. It starts hurting the relationship. This looks like somebody who's trying to mess up their relationship just on a subconscious level. How does that make any sense? (laughs) How does it make sense? All right. So are these tests silly and unnecessary? The answer that she put down is yes and no. Testing men in that way seems hardwired in the female brain. Is it the manifestation of some ancient gene trying to screen for alternative, selfless, invested men? I feel like this is something that she's like run into in her life because these are... We did a study for our women in our group and communication was the number one thing. It wasn't selfless. It wasn't attentive. Attentive, uh, invested could be stretched into loyalty or, or honest and trustworthy, which was the other one. Um, but these were not the words that were used by our survey for all the women that answered in our surveys. What I can say, all I know is I have noticed myself unconsciously doing it, and I immediately decided to pay more attention to my actions. 
Immediately after I explained the concept of testing my boyfriend, I noticed that not only was I testing him a lot, but also that many of my actions could be perceived as tests, but weren't. No flaws in this plan, right? Me trying to reach for something on the top shelf when he was around was obviously a test. Is it? Getting lost as I drove us both to a restaurant could seem like a test of his patience, but it absolutely wasn't. How do we know the test is all made up in your mind? In hindsight, most of these tests are indeed quite silly. And once you're aware of them, you tend not to use them as much. They are, however, still quite useful as far as measuring your partner's response goes, especially in early stages of the relationship. A girl can ask, are you willing to be selfless, attentive, and invested? Not unfair. And many men would say yes. But as we know, actions speak louder than words. Fair. That's why women's tests can be simply dismissed as silly. I'm going to disagree on that one. These are dangerous. They're dangerous to relationships. This is like, uh, it, it, it's this pass-fail system, this judgmental system that's created that's solely in someone's mind. Very dangerous to do. And it's scary to think that this is somehow justifiable because the other way around would be considered some form of abuse, I'm sure. I expected her to read my mind and she didn't do it. She's a failure. They're like, you're a jerk, man. But if she goes, I expected him to read my mind. He didn't do it. He failed. Well, he needs to get better. What? Do we want equality? Do we want hypergamy? That's the choice in this one again. This is, this is crazy talk. Not to mention that men have their own ways of testing women. In every human relationship, there's a spoken and unspoken language. Tests that are part of the unspoken language. There's a reason why we test, often unaware of what we are even doing in the first place. We each need particular reassurances. That's a woman thing. Guys want appreciation. We each need reassurances, and we have our own tactics to obtain them. If it's, if it's silly or not, it depends on the end of the test you're, or what end of the test you're on. I completely agree, because I believe that if guys were doing this test back, that would be a no-fly for women. You need to read my mind or you're a fail? Come on, that's not even a... That's, the choice is stay with a crazy person or not. Because this is not... This is something that if it's... Uh, I think here's where it goes against. It goes against the golden rule. I write about this in my book. It's the final chapter, the golden rule. Are you okay with somebody doing to you what you are doing to them? It's the fastest way to morality. It, it's the quickest way to know if what you feel is right and wrong really measures up because if it comes down to would you be okay with what your choices are being done back to you and you say eh, i wouldn't like that very much that's how you know what you're doing isn't cool it's the quickest way to figure it out some people are masochists and so there's always exceptions to rules but when it comes down to the idea of the choice on this one if you're doing stuff where I made a test up that you need to pass or fail for our relationship to be successful, but it's all in my head, I never let you know when we're doing it, and if you don't immediately just succeed at this, then I'm going to judge you accordingly. I don't think that's fair on either side for your relationship to remain healthy.
If any guys are doing this, I'm not advocates for this. And if any women are doing this, just expect nothing but disappointment because you're creating an expectation that's designed to blow up in your face because nobody knows you're doing it except for you. And in some cases, as she written, she's wrote here, maybe you don't even know you're doing it. That's an impossible game. <laughs> so here's where she continues. It seems like she tries to find balance here. Women remember, testing has its limits. While I don't advocate becoming hypervigilant over your actions, I believe it's reasonable to be aware of the moments in which you test your partner. This is an awareness conversation. Number one thing that we talk in everything is a choice is awareness. If you catch it, you can make a choice. Notice what kinds of tests you tend to lean on and how often you do them. If you have a feeling that if you have been feeling the need, even subconsciously, to test your partner too often, it might be it might either be he has been failing a lot, judgments, which makes you insecure about your relationship. This is on you. And wanting to test even further. This is your own insecurities. This is not anything to do with him giving you maximum reassurance that you're okay as a person. I understand you want that. Understood you want it. But that part is an expectation that's created that he may not even have agreed to. How is anyone supposed to live up to this? <sighs> Let's see. Continue testing. It might mean that you're deep in security. So, or in this case, your partner consistently passes every test. Continuing to test him might mean that you have deep insecurities and fear of abandonment that you should perhaps talk to a therapist about. So the one thing with this is if you're a person who's constantly dropping tests on somebody for your relationship, and if they're doing really well, you keep bashing on them. And if they're not doing well, both of you are just, you're both walking red flags. And I would say the person who's making the unknown test or not making it clear what their needs are, they don't know themselves, they don't have any idea what it is that they're trying to communicate is important to them, um, the golden rule in which they want to be reciprocated, the type of relationship that they like and that they want. If you're unclear with these things, it's a fail before you even start. And the fail is your communication, not them passing or failing make-believe tests that they don't even know they're having. Come on now. Seems pretty simple. It's really simple. Don't treat people the way you don't like to be treated. Testing is part of the unspoken language of the relationship. Remember, men do it too. They do it differently. They do it differently. I, I, can, I can do a whole video on that one too, no problem. What these tests can do is tell everything you need to know about your partner. Disagree. Have a conversation. It's healthy to understand your their limitations. Understand what you're doing and why. And ask yourself how much of it is reasonable. Sometimes you can catch yourself in the act and cut, cut your partner some slack. This is, a, this is a monstrous way to approach a relationship. This is how you kill your relationship. Men, be aware not everything is a test. As if we would even know. If you act as if everything is a test, you're guaranteed to fail. Yes, women will test you, but not everything is a test. That's not how women operate. If you're always on your guard, expecting a test at every corner, you will not only become unnecessarily stressed out, you'll definitely fail. Impossible. Also, don't worry about being anything other than yourself to pass any kind of test. When women test, 
They do it looking for traits that they want in a partner. Pretending to have those traits is not only a disservice to her, but to yourself as well. And will land you in a relationship that works in the short term and is unsustainable in the long run. I'll agree with that part, but not the way that she means it. She's describing this as a disservice to her, as though she is the prize. Let me clear something up right here for you guys. And some of you will understand this and some of you won't. This is describing a hypergamous relationship. This means the female is dating either equal or above her status. If she expects a guy to be able to pass all of these tests and just read her mind and do all of these things for her and sacrifice for her and be selfless and give and give and give as she takes and takes and takes. This type of relationship, you have to understand the giver, the person who has, who is giving is the prize. Catch what I'm saying right now. The person who is the one being generous, the one who has and is going to give help to, that's the person who should be sought after, not the person who takes, who doesn't have, or who needs help. The person who gives, that's the prize. That's the person. That's the person you're dating up. If you understand this, you can offer the things that that person needs. We went over it in the last video. Men need the three things. Hungry, horny, appreciate your guy. Give him encouragement and believe in him. Just say thank you for all the stuff that he's giving you that is given. It's given. Those are the things that appreciate. Women need reassurance, just like this whole thing is saying. Acceptance, which is like they like to be chosen. And then hypergamy is clearly a part of it. If you know this, you can make it work. No problem. It's a powerful dynamic. It's worked for thousands of years. If you don't understand this, get ready for a bunch of failed relationships, not just a bunch of failed make-believe tests. Because if you don't understand the rules of the game you're doing on this one, you're missing the choices that were always in front of you. Treat people the way that you'd like to be treated. You get to decide. And are you in the type of relationship where something like this makes sense? If you're trying to find equality, don't do a single one of these things because it goes against the way you'd like to be treated and it's disrespectful to your entire relationship. If you're in hypergamy and you have somebody you're testing because you're receiving or getting from them, you're not the prize. The person who you want things from is. And that's the choice. Thank you guys for watching or listening to this. Hopefully I get a whole bunch of responses later because apparently at this time of the day, everybody's not on. But I look forward to spending more time with you guys. And the more that you realize you raise your awareness, you look around you and you listen to other opinions as much as possible to gather information, the more you realize that all things around you are just like everything. It's a choice. Choice!